white, a saint who wasn't a martyr, Charles Borromeo. More on him during the homily. Our first reading today, Romans. This is the end of chapter 11. Chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans we haven't heard because all our readings fell on all saints and all souls. So we're just getting the very end of a very central, important argument of Paul really trying to explain how is God's plan working that some Jews who are devoted to God have not become Christians. And here on this tail end of it, he's sort of reiterating some of the themes he's hit in the last three chapters. But the one thing he's talking about here is he says, well, hey, you Gentiles I'm writing to in Rome, if they hadn't rejected this, where would you be? You wouldn't have had a chance. And so when you hear this today, realize that he's talking to Gentile Christians, and then he talks about a group that's just referred to as they, and that would be the Jews who have not accepted Christianity. And so listen to it in that mind, and um, hopefully we'll get the sense of what he's getting at. Very important part of our understanding of the faith. But first, Paul speaks quite a bit about God's mercy in this passage, saying that God's mercy is available for all. So let's celebrate that. It was about two and a half years ago that I first passed through Knoxville for the very purpose of seeing Blessed John 23rd Parish and Immaculate Conception in case the Paulists ever decide to send me here. It was spring break, so after three days here, and it snowed at the beginning of March, I was not happy. I continued down south to visit a friend of mine in Atlanta who though not very involved in the faith, had found herself very highly involved in learning about Catholicism for her PhD. She was writing her dissertation on writers who write about writing, and all of her authors ended up being Catholic. And several of them, Catholicism was a big part of the novel. And so she asked me a few questions, and we had about two days where we talked a lot, and she said at the end, she said, wow, she said, you really own your material. You know this stuff. Well, that's not because of my own doing. It's because of the work of Charles Borromeo. Charles Borromeo could have been anything in his time. He was from a wealthy and influential family. You might have heard of them, the Medicis. This was the Medici branch in Milan. And after his older brother died, there was tremendous pressure on him, being the oldest brother, oldest son left, for him to marry and carry on the family name. Meanwhile, his uncle was Pope Pius IV, and he had already made Charles a, bishop, uh, a cardinal. And eventually, very soon after, he was made the Archbishop of Milan. But what Charles did instead of any of the glamorous things he could have done, being from such a wealthy family and having such an influential position in the church, he did something that was far from glamorous. He was probably the chief reformer of the Catholic Church after the Reformation, the leader of the Counter-Reformation. And he recognized one of the biggest challenges that the Catholic Church had in medieval times, was that the clergy were completely ignorant about the faith. He was the prime force in setting up the seminary system in the world, the one who required that priests had to actually know what they were talking about. 
And we can criticize the seminary system for specific things, and believe me, I have done more than my share for what it does and what it doesn't do. But one of the distinctions of Catholicism today is its high emphasis on scholarship, which has been essential for how we have passed on the faith in the church for the last 500 years. Today, we give thanks to the Holy Spirit for giving Charles Borromeo the humility to not do more glamorous things for the church.